One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family-owned company that does everything themselves. And they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Good morning. Uh, Dwayne here, Dry Creek Wrangler Podcast. I want to thank everybody for stopping in with me today. And, and uh, so I hope you uh, are in a place where you are having a cup of coffee with me and maybe a cigar. And... Uh, Although probably most of you are not having a cigar, but I got one that's good enough. I'm going to enjoy it enough for, for both of us. How about that? I got me a Liga Pravada number nine. Now the cigar guys out there are saying, Dwayne, that's kind of a, that's kind of a bougie cigar for early morning talk. Yeah, I know, but I was in the mood for a, for a good one this morning. So, so I dug this one out. Mom and I were sitting there last night and uh, there in the room and she sent me she texted me over a uh, a clip that she had found on the on the internet and it was a guy in Minnesota who had like between 40 and 50 chickens and he raised chickens and and he'd been getting eggs from his own chickens and he noticed all of a sudden it dwindled down and his, his chicken stopped laying. And uh, it, it got down to the point he was getting one egg every two days from 50 chickens. And uh, now chickens slow down their egg laying in the winter, but they don't stop. And, uh, and he had had chickens for a long time. And he got to looking and at different forums and stuff and what he found was there was a whole ton of people who was running the same thing. It's just very unusual. And all of a sudden, all over the United States, people's eggs, people's chickens stopped laying eggs. So he, well, he did what most of us would do, I think, right off the bat. He's like, ah, that just sounds like a conspiracy thing. But he went a step further and he said, well, let me see what I can figure out. So he stopped buying commercial chicken feed. This is just recent. This is this is just happening. This is happening right now. So he he and he'd been buying his chicken feed from like the local mill, the local co-op or whatever. And uh, so he stopped buying that feed and started making his own chicken feed. And by the way, chickens. We my wife and I have had chickens off and on for several years. They're they're very easy to feed. Uh, very easy to feed. And uh, so he started making his own feed and started feeding his chickens. And in a matter of, 
you know, a week to 10 days, she's back up to 15 eggs a day. And so it was the commercial chicken feed. And this is, Deanna has been keeping up with this. She keeps up with this stuff. And she said, it's, it's all over. She said, this is a very common thing right now. And it's, and if you tie that, if you combine that with all of the, there's just a lot of conspiracy things, a lot of stories, a lot of things that make sense, a lot of things that don't make sense. And people are starting to get kind of nervous. Uh, you know, where there were like, what, I don't know, 11 um, meat processing plants across the United States that just mysteriously burned down this year. I mean, beef processing plants, chicken plants, you know, whatever, they, they just burnt down. Um, there were entire herds of cattle this year, this summer, that died. You know, a thousand, thousand head of beef at one time. Um, and, you know, they, people say, well, it was this or it was that. Well, you know, whatever it was, it's, it's an issue. Uh, eggs are $5 a dozen now. In fact, I saw this week on the news that um, the, I guess it's the Department of Justice, um, is asking people to stop smuggling eggs, raw eggs from Mexico back in the United States. Now, you know, when we have to smuggle eggs from Mexico into the United States, something's just not quite right. Now, this is not, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not a survivalist. I'm not a, this is not going to be one of those talks. Okay. Just, it's just relax. It's all right. Um, I'm, I'm not, we're not going off on that rant. Okay. Um, but. It, it is still the reality that life happens. I mean, we had earlier in the year, not too long ago, in like three different places in the United States, people went with rifles and shot electrical, um, these, um, well, like the places, my mind is just, can't pull the word out. Uh, but, you know, the places that provide electricity for whole sections, areas, and cities and stuff. And stood outside the fence and shot them, and all of a sudden there's entire sections um, that have no electricity um, because the, the, uh, the power plant has bullet holes in it. And uh, we here got up one day and we had no water. Now we're on county water. We're not on city water out here, out here on, in the county. Um, and it was in place when we got here. And we woke up and, and one afternoon we had no water. Now fortunately for me, we had just went around and filled all the water troughs for the horses. And within an hour, suddenly the water was gone. Well, come find out the major tanks that are used, the major water tanks that are used uh, to provide water out here in this rural area on this county water, got a hole in it, leaked all the water out, and now there's businesses and houses and everything that have no water because there was a hole in the water tank. And it took 
we were three or four days out here, and I've got, like I said, I've got eight horses on the place, and we had no water, and so we had to, we had to make things work, you know, and uh, it, is that a conspiracy? No, it's not a conspiracy. All right, it's just, all right, it, it just is what it is. But eggs are five dollars a dozen now, and uh, and w the weather is getting more weird and more bizarre. Just the weather patterns are shifting and changing. Uh, there's storms happening in places that didn't used to have storms. And uh, life is a little bit unpredictable right now. <laughs> so how do we, so what, what do we do? I mean, what do we do? Now, I've talked before on some of my videos about human nature tends to swing that pendulum one extreme or the other so now we can we can uh, we can approach things in the one extreme of the pendulum okay we can build bunkers and we can start stocking it up with three years supply of food and medicine and ammunition and da 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 because the world's going to end and we're going to be ready. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, for most of the people who go that route, it's that's a joke. That's a waste. Okay, so mostly what you're doing is you're stocking and storing up for somebody else. Um, and uh, it, that's and then the other side is life goes on. Everything is going to be all right. We can trust the government. They're here to protect us. Um, you know, it's, it's always been good. So it's always going to be good. And, uh, the, the starvation and the freezing to death and things that are happening around the world, that always happens to somebody else. That don't happen to us. And so we don't do anything about it. Um, and I, I don't think that's very wise. I don't think that's very wise either. Our greatest defense against hard times and I'm just speaking humanly and physically okay I'm not talking spiritually and all that now I'm just talking realistically day to day uh, it's our mind and our attitude and our approach to it alright if you're hunting let's say you're big game hunting out in the Bob Marshall wilderness out, out of Montana out there um, and a snowstorm comes in and you're up on a mountain or you get lost, or your horse breaks a leg and you're on foot. Your, your number one most important, most valuable asset is not your tent, it's not your sleeping bag, it's not your survival uh, gear, it's your attitude in your mind. You know, they have these programs that they come out on TV and, and I've just seen clips here and there uh, of uh, where they take people and put them on an island. Um, like I think, I think they were like out in the Northwest, like off of Vancouver or somewhere. I could be wrong, but they, and they, they can take two or three items with them. And the one who stays out there the longest, uh, wins a bunch of money. Um, and it's not the ones who go out there with, the greatest background in survival skills. Those are not the ones who win. 
uh, it's the ones that have the strongest mind, the ones who don't panic, the ones who don't let the cold and the rain and the, the dire outlook bring them down and cause their brain to shut down. Those are the ones who, who stay out the longest and who win. The ones not with the strongest survival skills, but the ones with the strongest mind. And so, you know, they say, and they, there's always a they. And I don't know if they's talking out their hat or what. But I'm, I've been researching and watching and looking. And, and, you know, these guys, some of these guys are guys that I know of. Uh, they've been around for a long time. And they have a track record. And they say 2023 is going to be uh, probably the worst financial bust uh, the world has seen. It's going to be... For a change, it's, it's going to be worldwide. It's just not going to be Wall Street crash. Well, that may happen. It may not. All right. Now, I, I can afford to be a little skeptic because I was here for Y2K. All right. And uh, the apocalypse didn't happen then for, with that either. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, the prudent seeth the, uh, seeth the danger and prepareth himself. Now, but we, like I say, we have to, we have to approach this with calmness and logic and reason and balance. I'll give you an example. So for Y2K, we, uh, we lived in Americus, Kansas, which is a little town outside of Emporia. We were in a big old drafty house there in town. And, uh, so they said, Y2K, it's going to be, you know, the end of the world. So I sit there and my wife and I talked and, and I said, all right, let's think about this. The most powerful businesses in the world today at that time, the most powerful governments in the world, everything depends on computers. They're not, they're not going to let, all right, this isn't Skynet and the Terminator. It's just not going to happen. But I can see the possibility of there being some burps on the lower, smaller company side that provides for us out here in a more rural area. Um, I don't think we're going to have airplanes dropping out of the sky because their computers quit. I don't think that because the computers quit, all of the bars in the prisons are going to open and all the prisoners are going to escape and, and, and we're going to have Mad Max out here. I, I don't. But it may be that the utility company has a burp and it takes them a day or two to get it fixed. Uh, it may be that, you know, the trucking company who brings the grocery stores in, they may have a burp and it may take a day or two to get that fixed. Uh, so we'll be prudent and, uh, and we will prepare according to what I feel the situation actually is, not according to just emotion and panic and what's going on. So I went and bought a, um, a, one of those kerosene heaters. It's just, you know, the, the round ones that stand up in the middle of the floor and five gallons of kerosene. And then I went and bought an extra 50 bucks worth of groceries in case the grocery store didn't open for a day or two. Filled up my, um, uh, my truck, make sure I had a tank full of fuel. And that was it. That's all we did. Um, and turns out it's all we needed. Now I had friends that had, I mean, I knew one guy, he had cut 
a hillside out in front of his house and pulled a school bus into that hillside and covered it up, left the back exposed so he could get into it, and filled that thing up with emergency Y2K supplies. I knew a lot. I, I went down in the basement of another friend. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was it was crazy the amount of supplies they had down there, the amount of money that they spent to stash that stuff away. It's the, the pendulum, the pendulum just swung too far. It just swung too far. And uh, so it's not, do I think hard times are coming? Man, hard times are always coming. Okay, they're, they're always coming. Do I think there's gonna be some financial distress in this country? Yes, I do. And, and I don't think it's very far off. People are a lot more experienced, a lot smarter than me are calling for it. All right. I think it's uh, I think it, it's going to be difficult. Do I think that in this country, generally as a rule, we're going to be able to continue our lifestyle forever? No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, what should we do? Should we, should we start stocking up on all this stuff? Should I think we should be prudent. And I think there's there's two approaches to anything like this that needs to be taken simultaneously. Okay? Um, and let, let's, use, let's use financial stability as, a, as an illustration. All right? There's two paths to financial stability. One is... M and by financial stability, I mean being able to pay your bills, be, being able to, to uh, stay out of debt, just, you know, on a daily basis. Um, number one is to make more money. To make more money to be able to pay for what, what I, I need today. But the other side of that coin is to need less. The less you need, the less money you need. Uh, I was working at a at a uh, warehouse in Temple, Texas, a lot of years ago, and I went out to the front counter. This was a we were actually a commercial electrical supplier. We supplied commercial electric products to the factories around around Temple, um, breaker boxes, conduit, uh, power buttons, switches. Uh, spools of wire, stuff like that. So I went out to the front counter one day and one of the contractors, which we dealt with on a regular basis, was there. And uh, so we, we knew each other, um, you know, at that level. We, and uh, he's a good guy. And it was slow, so we were just standing there chatting. So he said, Dwayne, he said, let me ask you a question. I said, okay. He said, uh, do you have a second job somewhere? I said, no. No, this is this is the only job I have. I work enough here. I don't want to work someplace else. And uh, he said, "Well, where does your wife work?" I said, "Man, we got three little kids at home. Uh, she works at home. She's mama. She's raising those kids." And he said, "You don't have any other source of income?" I said, "No, no." He said, "Are you are you on any kind of public assistance, like you know, food stamps or?" Welfare, anything like that. I said, no, man, I don't need any of that. He's like, then how in the world do you do it? He said, I've got a pretty rough idea closely of what you're making here. 
And I couldn't live on that. He said, I don't see how anybody can live on it. How can you live on that? I said, well, it's, it's a very complex, um, it's a very complex, complicated algorithm. And I said, I don't know if you can handle it or not. He said, no, really, I want to know. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm sure. And I leaned forward and I said, no. He looked at me kind of startled. I said, we just, my wife and I learned to say no. No, we don't need that. No, we're not going to buy that. No, we, we're not going to go do that. No, we're not going to spend that money. I said, I have a, I had a 1972 Dodge Dart that I had bought from the estate of an elderly lady when she passed away, and I paid cash for it. It wasn't a whole lot of cash, or it wasn't a whole lot of car, but it was a good, solid, cool car. That's actually one of the favorite cars I've ever owned. But I had that. Uh, we were renting a, a really clean, well-set-up mobile home uh, that was on private property. It wasn't in a mobile home park. Um, that was $350 a month and, uh, I had no credit cards, had no mortgage, had no car payment, um, didn't have any of that. And so the money that I came in was enough to do what we needed to do. We bought groceries. When the baby needed new shoes, we went and bought the baby new shoes. You know, when, when, uh, whatever we needed, we had it, but we didn't go out to eat and we didn't. We didn't pay for satellite TV or cable. Um, we we didn't we didn't go on vacation. You know, we didn't go to Disney World. We didn't we didn't do that stuff. And were we miserable because we didn't have all this extra stuff? No, no. We had a very happy, very peaceful, very pleasant life. I didn't lay awake at night with my guts all churning up wondering how I was going to make my mortgage payment if I lost my job. Because I had that car I paid cash for, I could just get the minimum insurance on it that Texas law required uh, for liability. I didn't have to pay $400 a month for full coverage insurance, you know, on top of my car payment. And the mortgage and the the loan insurance that they would charge on top of that, I, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that. Uh, it was peaceful and it was quiet, and we learned to say no. And you know what? At seven dollars and fifty cents an hour. Now this was back in ninety-seven. All right, so bills, and I I understand that ninety-seven. And 2023 is two totally different things. All right, I'm just illustrating a, I'm just illustrating a viewpoint, a state of mind. Okay, so at seven dollars and fifty cents an hour, working forty hours a week, I had a wife and three kids, and we lived just fine. And I didn't say, well, we want this stuff and we need that stuff and, and I want to provide this so I'm going to go work a second job at night and I'm going to, we just didn't do it. We just didn't do it. We were fine at $7.50 an hour. We were financially stable. We were financially stable. Uh, I was a hard worker. I was a hard worker. I had a good reputation. 
and and I and I had already proven, already had the experience that if I lost that job, I'd go find another one. And it wouldn't matter what it was. It wouldn't matter what it was. I'd always find another job. Um, and so it's financially stable. So instead of coming from the direction of make more money, you can come from the direction of need less stuff. And now there's a balance. And so you find that balance in the middle. And your middle is not where my middle is, okay? You find the balance in your middle. So how does this tie into the original thought when we started this process? You know, I, I've been in nine different, nine different foreign countries. Um, and one of the things that amazes me every time I've come back from one of those countries is how Americans eat. You know, most countries out there do not have a separate menu for breakfast. I mean, stop and think about it. We have an entire separate menu for breakfast. Now, I spent, uh, I spent time in Africa. I spent time in Papua New Guinea. I spent time in Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. You go in their restaurants, they don't bring you a menu for breakfast up until 10 o'clock and then bring you a whole separate menu for lunch and dinner after that. It's the menu. Alright? And basically every dish on it has rice. Uh, and it's how do you want your rice today? <laughs> you know, do you want chicken on your rice? Do you want pork on your rice? Do you want this? Do you want that? But the menu is the menu. But in this country we have a separate menu for breakfast. Um, and we go out to eat and you go out for dinner and it's just the level of complexity of the meals that they bring um, is just, and so we, we get used to that. And so when times get hard, when times get hard, it's hard for us because of our state of mind is this is what we're used to. This is what we have to have. And so, you know, so I would, I don't know. I would recommend that people think, just think about, start making some changes in their personal expectations. Instead of stocking up on more stuff, balance that out with teach yourself to need less stuff. Listen, anytime a major change comes in your life, To survive it, it requires you to make a major change. All right? doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter. All right? If you're a young couple and you have a new baby, all right, you just had a new baby, that is a major change in your life. You have to make major changes in yourself. And well, let's just take a step back before that. You get married. You get married. You married someone. That is a major, major change to your existence. And the reason why, one of the reasons why a lot of marriages don't work is because the individuals are not willing to change to meet this major change in their life. They want to have the marriage, but they want to stay exactly the same as they've always been. 
And unless you meet this change in your life with change in yourself, you're not going to make it. All right? You lose your job and you take another job in a different field. That is a major change. Well, the only way you're going to excel at this new job in this new field is if you make changes in yourself. Well, if, if hard times come in this country and there are major changes, things that have always been available are not available anymore or priced so far out of reach that you can't afford them. Um, things that we've always been able to do, we're not able to do anymore. That's a major change. Well, for you to survive, much less excel in the midst of this major change, you have to change. You have to change your expectations. You have to change your demands. You have to change your need. Okay? And it's easier to start making those changes now. That's, that's why dating before marriage. You, you have to learn to start changing your wants and your expectations, changing yourself to care and to think about someone else other than yourself, to listen to the thoughts and to the opinions of someone else and to take their thoughts and opinions into account with your decisions. That's a major change. Well, you start making those changes with that someone before you actually stand up and say, I do, and sign on that dotted line then the marriage starts out easier because you started making the changes necessary before the change happened. Well, if you start making changes to yourself now before major changes happen in this country, you'll be better prepared for that transition. It'll be smoother for you. Um, go on a, go on a, uh, a taste fast. Okay, a fast is where you don't eat for a period of time. All right, some people do intermittent fasting, and some people, for um, faith reasons, you know, they'll fast for a day, fast for three days, you know, while they're in prayer. What? So it's not eating; it's just drinking water. Or people will go on a juice fast or whatever. Well, go on a taste fast. Okay, uh, find something that's a bit overboard in your diet and your regular and just cut it out. Just try cutting it out for five days. Cut sugar out for five days. All right. Uh, start using less salt. I'm not talking about health reasons right now. I'm talking about your viewpoint and state of mind. Start doing simpler foods, just simpler foods. Um, and start weaning yourself off of a complex diet. And then when you go in and the finances are such or the stock at the grocery store is such, things are such that you can't buy those pizza rolls and boxes of macaroni and cheese and frozen pizzas and Hot Pockets and taquitos and cans of SpaghettiOs and all that. When it comes to the point where um, that's not available, then it, it's not really a big thing because you can't get what you want, but you don't need it. Personally, your body doesn't crave it anymore. Um, you know, just it's just it's just a thought 
it's just your thoughts and your approach. Um, we, uh, so what do we do here? The balance. Uh, how, do, how does mama and I, how does mama and I, how do we navigate this? All right. Um, well, I have, I mean, this is just the way I think. This is the way I do things. Okay. Um, we have, I have two of those, uh, Mr. Buddy heaters that uh, operate off propane and I keep, and I've got two Coleman lanterns just put back and I keep about, I try to keep four to six of them on propane bottles. Those little green ones you buy at Walmart. Uh, I try to keep those around and I've got three propane tanks, the size, you know, just the barbecue grill. You can swap them out at Walmart or Home Depot or the Dollar General, whatever. I keep three of those around and I have a hose that I can run from that little heater, uh, an adapter hose from that to one of those propane tanks. So if in the middle of winter, the utilities quit, as long as the utilities are running, I, I enjoy the convenience. I'm happy for it. Happy to have it. Happy to flip that switch and the light comes on. I'm happy for that. Um, but I don't trust it and I don't depend on it exclusively because I don't like putting my safety and the safety of my wife exclusively in somebody else's hands. So if the electricity goes out and our heat stops, we have heat that I have set back and prepared. Not, I don't have a basement full of all this stuff. Just logic and reason, just a little bit of that. Well, you know what? I've, I have enough stuff that we can stay warm in the middle of winter uh, for a month without having to go buy anything else. And uh, so if we have, you know, snowmageddon like Texas had a couple of years ago, all of a sudden come through and everybody lost all their utilities and everything, well, if that happens to us, I've got it. All I've got to do is step in there and pull out these two heaters and pull out the propane bottles and plug it in and light it up. And Bob's your uncle. Mom's happy. Okay. And uh, so, so I've got that. I have a, I went finally, I've been wanting one of these for a long time and I was finally able to put enough pennies together. And I went the other day and got me one of those little Honda, just a little portable 2200 uh, watt generator. Just a little one you can pick up and carry around. So if the electricity goes out, I can bring out the generator, run a cord outside and fire that thing up and keep the refrigerator running so we don't lose all of our groceries. We have a couple oil lamps. Like I said, I got a couple Coleman lanterns. And so I have light, I have heat, and, uh, and I have electricity for the refrigerator. So we have food. Um, and uh, so you, the pendulum does not have to swing so far one way or so far the other way. You can be prudent. You can be prudent, but still be logical and reasonable. Okay. You, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Now, um, do I, th again, do I think that there's going to be a financial crash? I do. Uh, do I think it's going to be as apocalyptic as some folks let on? I have no idea. Am I terrified about it? Nope, not at all. Not a bit. Um, it's uh, for one thing, you know, as those who have known me for a while, um, I am a Christian and I'm not, I'm not one that somebody points to and says, you know, that is the, 
the epitome of a Christian. That's, but you know, I do, uh, I am, uh, I do believe and follow Jesus Christ, and 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 I believe that God. I do not believe that God will shield us from all difficulties and hard times. I don't believe that. I'm not a follower of Joel Osteen. Okay. Uh, the prosperity gospel. Uh, we're only made strong through hard times. You know, like I've talked about before, going through that fire and going. And God does not want flabby, uh, weak, crybaby uh, people and Christians. And so, do I, but do I think that we're going to be? I'm going to be destroyed in this? No, I I have faith. Um, but uh, but I don't have. I don't have faith in the, in the system, the world system. And uh, so I, I've got friends that are much more um, sophisticated in the financial realm than I am. And, you know, they've been talking to me about buying silver and buying gold and buying Bitcoin. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't, there's things about that I don't understand. There's questions I have that have not been answered yet for me to my satisfaction. And so I, I'm not, that's, I'm not, uh, do I trust the almighty American greenback thunder? No, I do not. Uh, they are going to remove the, uh, price of oil from the American dollar. It's going to happen. All right. It's just going to happen. Uh, there's never been a currency that has ever gone and has never collapsed. And then when they took our currency away from the backing of gold in this country, and then the, then they're just printing this paper off and we're 30 some trillion dollars in debt in this country. No, I have no faith in the greenback dollar. Uh, so Dwayne, what do you invest in? Well, right now, if I have a little bit, if I have a few extra dollars, I'm like, well, am I going to buy Bitcoin? Am I going to buy a bar of gold? Uh, am I going to put it in the stock market? What am I going to do with it? Well, I'll go buy a 10 gallon of diesel fuel. Um, or I'll swing in and anytime I find ammunition on sale, I'll pick some up. Not necessarily ammunition of guns that I have, not calibers that I have. Uh, cause there's going to come a time when, uh, when I'm pretty sure I can trade a box of nine millimeter, uh, for a jug of gasoline or diesel fuel. It's, I mean, that's, it's tangibles. You know, I feel a lot safer. I feel a lot safer in practical stuff like that. Um, I'll, uh, you know, that's what I do. Now you have to do you, um, but I just can't, I don't trust human nature enough for me to take my finances and put it in the hands of a complete stranger and say, here, protect this for me. Oh yeah. And, and make it grow. I just, I don't, sorry. Uh, I don't know if I'm just too cowboy, too primitive, too Philistine, too whatever, but I just, I can't do that. Um, and, uh, but I don't panic and, uh, I don't have stuff, you know, rooms full of stuff stashed and stocked up. Uh, I just try to go by the mantra, you know, trust God and you know, well, let's turn that around. Do your best, be logical, be reasonable, uh, be prudent and then trust God and be at peace. 
And uh, panic doesn't help anybody. Terror and fear doesn't help anybody. But neither does selfishness. Uh, neither does self-centeredness. Uh, neither does any of that. Uh, so the other, we do the little stuff around here. And the other thing that we do, now this sounds so counterintuitive, but we give. We do it quietly. People don't know about it, but we give. And uh, you reap what you sow, and you get what you give. And if you hoard and stash and hold on to everything you can out of fear, how can you expect not to get that in return? Okay? So again, it all comes down to point of view state of mind, your head and your heart. It's not your bank account. It's not your basement account. It's your head and your heart. And you can navigate through whatever comes. All right. So a little bit of rambling this morning, just a little bit of thinking off, you know, whatever. I hope, hope it helped. Uh, somebody hope it gave you something to think about it. Hope what well, I hope is maybe it gave somebody a little bit of perspective and kind of brought their brought them back in line. All right, kind of brought things back into focus a little bit. And so now you your life and your needs and uh, they're not the same as mine. You have to you have to figure out what works for you. Um, but the basics are the same. The basics are the same, all right? And so I, uh, I, hope, uh, I hope you do well. All right, I hope you have a good day. And again, I, I really appreciate everybody who comes and sits down and joins me on these one-sided conversations that we have here. And so we will, you know, as long as, as, long as folks are still tuning in and enjoying them, we'll keep doing them. Uh, one of the things I want to eventually get to is once the school starts, we, we have so many interesting people come to the school. So there's going to be times on these podcasts in the middle of the school, I'm going to take, you know, one of somebody aside and say, hey, you interested in doing this? And we'll sit down and have a conversation with them. And uh, so the, uh, you know, we're going to expand this out. But anyhow, I appreciate you being here with me and we'll catch you guys next time.